Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. Hey, Ben, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing well. It's uh, been beautiful in the 70s here in Maine, and uh, the we're, we're, I'm mourning the Red Sox losing to your Braves, but hopefully the Red Sox can take him down tonight. Yeah, we'll see. The Braves uh, keep losing pitchers and stuff, so um, I don't know. I may may get a call uh, suddenly have to run to Atlanta, uh, <laughs> come out of retirement. <laughs> Sounds good. Did you pitch? Was that what you played mostly? Uh, I did pitch. I played uh, pitched and played outfield. Okay, neat. So the well, we're not going to talk a ton about baseball today, but it is you know baseball season and graduation season has a tendency to overlap at least a little bit. I kind of feel <laughs> like the times where I'm most excited about baseball tends to be around graduation season, and uh, I want to talk about graduation today as. It's an important topic that we really haven't talked about, but I think it can really be something helpful for families to think through. Do you agree? Sure. Yeah. So now uh, that it's been uh, that for Ben and I, that between both of us, it's that if you combine both of the times since we've graduated high school, it's pushing 40 years, I think. So, <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. been yes. a long, long time since we've graduated high school now. And uh, the, I think pretty close. We're pretty close to the situation where both of us will have been longer since we've been in high school than the age that we were in high school. But uh, that I want to ask, what special things did happen when you graduated high school, Ben? Well, let's see. We I didn't have a party. I went to somebody else's party. Like we went out together uh, with family. You know had. Had a meal out. I uh, got a lot of gifts for sure. People were very generous with me. I am gonna guess that there are people who prayed for me that I didn't even know about it um, as I was launching out into the next stage of life. Um, I also I uh, was I didn't work really during high school, like during the school year. I did uh, do stuff during the summer, but uh, my dad informed me pretty quickly that I was going to need to find something to uh, occupy myself that also provided compensation full <laughs> employment ah. yeah so anyway I I did that um, I didn't it wasn't like you know day one but it did happen pretty quick so that was good for me how about you yeah so uh, similar I do remember uh, after that after the day I graduated even in my whole graduation stuff we got blizzards from Dairy Queen that day because my high school is very close to Dairy Queen uh, I, I think I got my I have a whenever I get ice cream like that I'll I like to get mint with Reese's in it uh, which is oddly delicious but uh, so huh, I'm sure I had that, that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so I, we had a party as well but uh, and uh, and that you know it was a good experience and uh, you know, I will say that it is funny because, you know, that both you and I have graduated in some capacity three times. And I mean in a real capacity, not like where second graders graduate and then third graders graduate their fourth day of third grade, you know. What I mean? But we've, we've graduated three times from school. <laughs> real, that, uh, and I, it's funny because I never really wanted to walk any of the times, though. 
Really? But yeah, yeah. I kind of got, I always did it for somebody else. Uh, but anyway, seminary, I was a little happier that I walked. But anyway. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the process. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not up for uh, any more diplomas at this point, but uh, I guess I'd have to see. Uh, we need we need a Dr. Palaz, you know, that uh, the world needs that. <laughs> well, <laughs> might have to wait a while on that one. Okay, so why do we attach so many emotions and so much meaning to high school graduation, though, Ben? Well, I, some of it is just the cultural, you know, context that we find ourselves in. Um, it, it is a long-term achievement, and just our culture has put a lot with it. But it takes – you have to go, you know, multiple years in order to gain this. And for some, it I mean, it really does require um, a lot of hard work. Some, they make it through easier, or some, they just don't put forward much effort, and they kind of coast. But, I mean, it you know, it does represent a lot of hard work and um, perseverance through challenges and that kind of thing. And it's it's something of a passage into adulthood, sort of, in our culture, um, that people's like, okay, now, I don't know, you're kind of an adult, but in other ways, you're you're not. And so, yeah, it's just kind of this weird thing. It's not like in some of those tribes where, I don't know, you have to, like, jump off a tree with a vine attached to your ankle or something and kind of bungee jump and then it's like okay now you're a man it's not quite like that but yeah well yeah i mean i definitely think that for more people than any other such ceremony in the u.s it is it's such a significant life transition i mean kind of your your time is changed i mean you even talked about you know you had to get a job after that i mean that uh, a lot so much of what we do changes uh, a lot of times uh, it's means so much because it means gearing up for a move, whether moving for college or else or else. Where I mean, I'm from Northern Illinois, and uh, I not terribly long after I graduated high school, I was gearing up and packing up my car to move down to Georgia, and uh, the and so down to Bend State. Where yeah, everybody was barefoot and everything, and. Exactly, yeah. He's hay in their mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, it definitely can mean significance. And, I mean, and that's that's real. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know of a lot of people that, um, that apart from their parents' decisions, make a big move across country between fourth and fifth grade. Do you? <laughs> no, but I was talking to a friend at church yesterday who grew up as a missionary in Africa. And uh, the first time her parents were coming back to well, actually one parent was Canadian, one was American, uh, but they were coming back to the States for the first time in, in her life, at least as she remembered. And uh, she was not even five years old yet. And so she was scheming to figure out how she could stay in Africa while her parents returned to the States because she didn't want to come home and get shots. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, intercontinental moves there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that he probably wasn't moving to Baltimore, Chicago. So, you know that this thing was. Uh, anywho, but uh, now, what does the Bible and Christian theology uh, say about transitioning into adulthood? I mean, obviously, there's not a direct Bible verse about graduating high school, but there are certainly teachings around that topic. Well, I mean, one thing I'd say is that there is a line between childhood and adulthood. It's just not always clear where it is. 
I mean, Paul talks about, um, you know, when I was a child, I, I thought like a child, spoke like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, there are other things, you know, you look at in the history of Israel. Jesus talks about children and and contrasts them, compares them, I guess, you know, with, uh, with adults. Um, and so there is some sort of line, and more is required of us. I mean, we're given heightened freedoms and things like that, but also more is required out of us at the same time. And people have have recognized it in different ways uh, with maybe more formal, I don't know, ceremonies and this kind of thing. Um, And and pretty much any culture I'm aware of has some forms of, of these different traditions and rites and ceremonies, um, whether it's with funerals and and the end of life or the passage into adulthood. You've got Jews having uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, uh, symbolic passage into adulthood, uh, these kinds of things. And so um, it is something worth recognizing. I guess I'm kind of meandering around. I I can't give you the specific, you know, this is how you should recognize this. but that there is a difference. And I mean, what would, what are you yeah. thinking? This is it's such a complicated topic because, uh, you know, that there's a, a lot of factors in considering adulthood from Scripture. I, I think clearly we do see overall from Scripture adulthood bears more responsibility, as the Paul thing said. But, but when and how that's navigated is often complicated. Uh, you know, even that uh, I know some Christian parents that say, you know, an 18-year-old, you know, they're graduating high school, but they've not really transitioned into adulthood. Uh, and sometimes one can cite, you know, Numbers 1, for example, it lists military st- age that service starts at 20. But, you know, the complicated thing is even then that that probably was in existence so that because most people would have had a child before 20. And therefore, if they die, therefore, if you keep, have them serve in the military at 17 or 18, and they might die without, without a descendant, without somebody that's going to inherit. But, so not necessarily an adulthood, but an adulthood with time to have children, which is a weird thing to think about in our culture, that you probably would have had a child. But, I mean, it is clear in Scripture. Uh, but then we see at the same time, like Levi. Levi is called a man when he's 13. He's specifically is called in the Hebrew word for man, which is really kind of an interesting factor that comes in Genesis 34. And Josiah and Mary both probably were parents around that time, around 13 or 14. Josiah probably even a little bit younger than Mary, surprisingly, if you follow the kind of the ages and the timelines and that kind of stuff. Uh, And because of all these kind of things that, uh, I mean, Ben alluded to the idea that, you know, of, of 13 as, you know, you have your bat mitzvah, uh, and the that comes from, from, uh, from Jewish teaching, from kind of intertestamental Jewish teaching. Uh, and uh, that's a 13, but even that isn't inspired. And what's complicated, too, is even the New Testament, you see. I mean, the tradition says that John was probably younger than 18 when he became, when he started following Jesus as a disciple. And it's kind of hard for us to, it's kind of hard for us to kind of imagine somebody being a kid and literally being a disciple of, of Jesus, like sent out in the two by two and things like that. But, uh, but I mean, life expectancies for some were short. 
order and things like that. But. They were. So this is complicated, and you know, and I think there needs to be wisdom, and there needs to be a gradual approach. But that being said, I do think, in terms of theology and thinking about this issue, I, I, I tend to be a Christian that thinks that when we graduate somebody in high school, that we are graduating somebody who... God would probably see as, as already an adult in a way, uh, rather than becoming an adult. And, and I think, uh, in a way, to me, this kind of goes into the intersection of biology and, cre- and God's creation account. And that's actually historically the reason why most cultures have seen kind of the 13, 14 as as adulthood is because typically the mark of adulthood was not a fully mature brain or even a fully mature body but was was basically the development of being able to have children yourself uh and so but it's a complicated and and, uh unique perspective unique situation right (laughs) yeah like i said there's a line it's just it's kind of i mean uh, yeah to to quote uh the supreme court justice he's like I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. It's like, yeah. you know, this person's a man, this one's not a man yeah. yet. But either way, I, I think maybe that's a bit of, this is all a bit irrelevant when we live in a culture where that most 18 year olds don't act like adults, though. I mean, when, yeah, when they're drooling over TikTok and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads to the next question. Does an 18th birthday or a high school diploma, does it make a young person an automatic adult? I know in a way it does in the United States. <laughs> uh, well, I would say that the evidence would suggest otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I don't think that that's... Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, what, what about that piece of paper? Um, I mean, some kids, some young people emerge from that point. They're very mature, and some have already been taking a lot of initiative and, and responsibility because they've had to. Some has been forced on them. Um, some they just chose to. Um, others, they're still very childish, and, and they continue to be for some time after that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's something – I mean, I've had conversations with with others. You know, where do you mark that line, and the other things that it affects. Um, but uh, yeah, I, my my kids are not at that point yet, so I guess I need to prepare for how I will will treat them at that point. And uh, yeah, know, what do you think? I, I definitely think I suspect Ben and I would would definitively agree that we should expect more of 18-year-olds and that 18-year-olds need to act more like adults than we often accept, even in church cultures. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that statement? So, I would. And, and I think that is an important thing to concede, especially when you navigate the biblical that text. Because, you know, maybe one could argue, again, that, you know, one could make an argument, you know, Mary wouldn't be an adult even if she was, you know, a mother, but certainly, she was held to higher expectations than that, you know, than the TikTok generation <laughs> often is, and uh, and that's not healthy. The low expectations we often have, uh, but and so I think maybe in ways, even if we do in our culture allow more time to transition into adulthood, which is probably a good thing in a culture where there's more allowance for education, when there's, you know, less of a need for agricultural hands, it's probably a good thing to allow uh, a greater transition time into adulthood. But uh, but still, nonetheless, I, I think acting like the day before graduation that, you know, they are still kids or the day before their 18th birthday, you know, that, uh, 
they're allowed to act like a child without any, you know, excuses and without, you know, any good reasons that, I mean, I think that's a pretty silly argument. What don't you think, Ben? Yeah, I would agree with you. So now how can churches take part though in the celebration of this graduation process, even knowing that we don't technically know when adulthood starts? <laughs> uh <laughs> Also, to quote the Supreme Court, I do feel a little bit like uh, Justice, uh, was it Brown? Um, You know, she couldn't define what a woman was because she wasn't a biologist. I also am not a biologist, so I can't tell you exactly when adulthood begins. Um, But I'll I'll give, you know, my stab at this. Um, I mean, I think it's appropriate for churches to recognize, to take part in that. Uh, Maybe they have parties for the graduates and their families. to, to recognize them, to pray for them publicly, uh, to charge them publicly with, you know, something like, hey, this is, you're in this transitional stage in your life. We, we recognize that we're with you and, uh, and call them, you know, to obedience to the Lord, to pursuing things that will um, honor God, benefit others. And hey, you, you have new opportunities for service. And, and depending on, you know, your church setting, that may or may not be the case. I mean, in our setting, I, I had a, I think a 15 or 16 year old come to me just the other day and ask about uh, how old you needed to be to serve in the nursery, and unfortunately, I had to turn her down. It's something that I've I've wanted to allow for to have some younger people who wanted to serve, not just get out of church, but actually wanted to serve um, in in some of those contexts. But just due to insurance stuff, we can't in an ongoing way have minors doing that um other churches may allow i know of a enormous church here in town who they've made the decision to have their students serve during i think it's like what would typically be the sunday school kind of time encourage them all to to have some different way that they're serving and then they do you know small groups or that kind of thing in some other setting um like that idea uh now i mean i get also not all of them are believers but um, so anyway, that, that last one may be less relevant in certain contexts, but it, it can be probably for many that, hey, there's new doors of service op- you know, opportunities that are open to you now. It's not just, oh, you can go to the college group thing and, and have even more fun than you did in youth group and you have more freedom. Um, it's an opportunity to, to step up and, and love and serve. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I, I think specifically i mean you you've talked about this though but perhaps have a graduation ceremony of some time i, I think it's probably good to have some kind of church-based graduation ceremony when possible uh though i'm i'm honestly not a fan of doing it in the service i'm actually grateful that our church even prior to me coming on we do it kind of between sunday school and the worship service and uh which it can be helpful i think because you know regular principle which we've talked about in another podcast before uh-huh. but, uh, the uh I, I do think we can equip them churches can equip them with resources uh that is i'll name a few of those resources later and we can pray over them as we kind of equip them you know as kind of a sending them out you know because they're being sent out and probably into a very different mission field even if say they're a public school uh during you know the the years that they were in school i i think also families should probably incorporate church into the celebration if possible so that's another aspect of this uh, 
I really like to me when, you know, when you see those kind of parties and the kind of, you know, celebration that happens with graduation, not just involve, you know, the school friends or, or even the youth group friends, but when possible, you know, make that something where, you know, that the person, you know, the 70 year old member that loves on that teen is welcome and able to be part of that. Because I think to me, it's actually going to see that necessary link between that that what's continuing on is that church relationship and and primarily through the intergenerational means uh, even if youth group ends even if uh in school ends that we're going to continue on to these more concrete things yeah i really like that so now do we need another age-graded ministry after high school after youth group to make sure that they stay in church uh, and if we don't do that have we failed and should we just close down our down shop then yeah we should have like a separate college service so they don't have to come to like the boring church service you know um, i know churches that have done that so <laughs> oh man um no i think that that collegiate or young adult focused ministry efforts they can be helpful appropriate you know in different contexts um but certainly i mean just like even a children's ministry or youth ministry is not a specific as such is not a specific biblical command um can be helpful and particularly when you're talking about children and development and things like that again it's the bible doesn't tell us to but as far as like having children in the nursery and and stuff like that i mean sometimes and depending on the cultural context that can just be a good helpful thing um so i wouldn't if a church didn't do that i would think my goodness what do they not care about the college students um but but you can have, I mean, maybe you have a college dinner once a month or something like that. And it maybe it's hosted at someone's house or you host it after the worship service and it's specifically for college students. They can come and they can ask questions um, or just get to know other people. Um, you could have some kind of care ministry, those who are in college or um, going off places that there's people in the church who send them care packages or things like that. There's ways that you can minister to them and still acknowledge them without necessarily having, you know, the pastor of college ministries. Yeah, that's good. So the, I think this is an important question to navigate. Uh, and, uh, and I think you offered some good solutions in navigating this, but I, I will say increasingly, it seems people do feel that there is a need to have kind of a college age ministry or young adult age ministry that, that, that is, you know, as big of a program as youth ministry, uh, that, and that feel like that, that is kind of core to keeping young people in the church. And I actually think this testifies to the problems that often exist in next generation ministries, uh, rather than, you know, that uh, the rather than it testifying to the situation of young adults, I think perhaps, yeah, maybe we've created such a bad disease that we almost have to continue on the disease to not have an immediate death. Uh, but that shouldn't be the case at all. And, and I think that shows an incredibly low view of the local church. And I think it and it and it really speaks against what I really like that uh, that a nine marks ministry focuses on the church as a compelling community. And I think that's actually working against it. If you continue on the separation, even after they are clearly adults, uh, but because the college and career ministries or events, I do think can be fine if done the right. Well, I like the way that you focus on that. You know, 
I'm, I'm not opposed even in our small church, maybe, you know, once in a blue moon, we have a, you know, event, you know, even a fun activity where we just, you know, that welcome that uh, one of the elders that kind of hang with college age people. But uh, I think they have to see them as kind of, we have to see these young people as primarily relating to the church as adult church members, not primarily relating to the church as kind of in, you know, in, in a spiritual halfway house between youth ministry and college, right? <laughs> That's, uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I would yeah. suspect even practically then this means that I, I would that I'm gonna be bold. I suspect most programs that are that are really amping up a college ministry can do more harm than good, especially if they are kind of given priority over the worship service, over the intergenerational gathering, which is not uncommon for that the case. Even you know we went to college years ago, and I remember there were some students at our college that would that their church experience was they were driving down to. Um, a large church outside of Atlanta and uh, and they were that was and they that had like a college group thing and that was their church experience and I, I think that's shameful and I think it's deeply unhealthy now how do we help young people smoothly transition out of next generation ministries at that age hand them a thing to tie the envelopes and say all right I like it <laughs> <laughs> Get to, after you get that job, here you go. No, um, I think that um, we can set some some clear lines for them that can be helpful. Just to say, okay, you're not part of this anymore. And I've seen that happen in, in some in multiple contexts where there's people who move on past high school, but they want to keep hanging out in the high school stuff and doing high school things, and it just yeah i can there's various issues with that um there's safety issues and you know it's one thing you know and we'll talk about this in a minute there's a place for those who genuinely want to serve in for some of them like sometimes there needs to be some age separation um but if you've got someone who's a freshman in college and they're working you know with middle schoolers there's enough age separation where they see you as different probably it's not as good to be working with you know, high school seniors, they just kind of see you as one of them or not much different. Um, but I mean, sometimes people want to quote serve with, with, uh, youth ministry cause they just want to be able to go do, you know, fun youth group things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think setting some clear lines and expectations, preparing them for that. Uh, and then again, calling them to serve. And there can be various ways where they would do that. Again, if if they couldn't because of age and life stage restrictions, some churches, you know, if you're still in high school, you can. If you're not 18 yet, um, you can't. But hey, now you have this opportunity. Uh, but it doesn't have to be in kids or students. I mean, they can help out in the parking lot or help clean the church or you know whatever it is. Um, just trying to find ways for them to do that. We've got a guy in our church who's he's good at mobilizing young men in particular. He does this lawnmower ministry where he goes and they cut the grass at um, widows and older ladies' homes, and he gets these young guys to come with him. And it's, it's like a great way. For, they're young mm. and strong and can endure the heat and all this stuff. And it's like, hey, let's go. Um, and so it's just a very tangible way to love. So I think that, and just in general, we're kind of expecting more out of them raising the bar, you know, and when we were kind of poking fun at TikTok, I mean, I'm not a big fan for multiple reasons, but um, 
yeah, it's, don't just sit around like wait for someone to entertain you and plan something for you. Uh, you take steps and, and, and calling them into that, asking them more. Like following Jesus is more than someone coming and organizing activity for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and and I think uh, to kind of summarize what you're saying, but kind of what I'm saying similarly, we need to progressively connect young people more and more to the broader church. And that's something that needs to happen before graduation, not after graduation necessarily just. Um, and I actually thought a great example of how to make this not throwing to the wolves was done in a friend of mine, a friend of mine's named Jeff Mixon, he's a pastor in Ohio, and he was an associate pastor, and when he worked in youth ministry, uh, they actually started, they, they got rid of high school Sunday school uh, for older teens, and the purpose of that was so that they could have the older teens into a uh, mixed Sunday school. So even though they had youth group, they would still go to a mixed, Sunday, mixed age Sunday school, and that, you know, they'd be connected to the bro- broader body. So they're kind of seeing this act of, you know, one step in, that to the broader church and then you know it's more natural for the next shoe to drop if you will so i I think mentorship often kind of a key role in that as well i i think we've talked about this before but we i think we need to see more you know more people stepping up not necessarily as youth or children's ministry leaders alone but as you know mentors and those kind of mentor relationships are things that should continue into college age rather than kind of stop with graduation yeah. So now, how can parents help this transition time become a discipleship opportunity? As we know, they have such a key role in that. Well, I mean, you want to be teaching, preparing, conversing ahead of time, not just, oh, hey, today you graduated. Okay, now this is how everything's going to change, or it's not going to change at all, or however you're doing that. Uh, but encourage them, again, to find places of service. I mean, I like what my dad did. Even though in the moment I was a little like, oh, man, I, I mean, I was kind of tired uh, from the school year. I mean, I pushed pretty hard in high school. And then I, I played sports and um, kind of just wanted to chill, you know, and I, I didn't want a lot to ask out of me. And he's like, well, hey, you're going you're gonna to have to do something, find something to do. Um, and, and pretty quickly I did. You know, it was a helpful push, but uh, help them think about things in terms of the church. I know someone who at our church uh, a few years back, they, you know, there was some things going on for college. We didn't have this big, super duper snazzy college ministry, but, you know, there were some things like a, I think it was like a regular Bible study or something, uh, kind of low key. And this person just wasn't really, I guess, taken with it or yeah. however, it wasn't that impactful. And so the person's dad said, Okay, we'll go find some place and plug in and serve, and the person did, and and really got in there and was faithful and continues to be, and you know has seen fruit come from that, and so that that was a joy for me to see that process, and just the parents saying, well, here, go do this, like this is what Christians do, so I think that was a good model, and again, just you know expect more and raise the bar, don't. Uh, when they get to that stage, it is a per- whether we consider them officially an adult or not. They certainly need to be getting on the the ramp towards it, and so not continuing to treat them like a child, expecting some things out of them, um, whether contributions around the house or you know what you do and don't provide financially. And I I can't draw lines for that on the Bible, like well you need to pay their car insurance, but you don't have to pay for their health insurance or I, mm-hmm. I mean whatever. Um, but just kind of be thinking through some of those things. So I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah. I, I think on top of that, I, I think it'd probably be wise for parents to make this transition time to be a real strong season of prayer for them, for their child. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, there's not, I'm not going to share explicit Bible verse on this, but I think it's wise in certain times to give to more prayer, especially for children. And I think this is probably one of the better ones of that. And, and I, I think that is not something to be discounted as an aspect of this though. But I, I think perhaps having a special spiritual component, uh, that, uh, that for the family and, and discipleship with the graduation would be wise as well. Um, and so for, I mean, an example I think might be, maybe you make this into, maybe you take that, uh, you take your child and, and you study something, scripture together. Maybe, you know, you take them, on a trip and, you know, and use this as an opportunity to, to think through and to bless them and pray for and send them off kind of and seeking the will of God, but making sure that, you know, that your faith is connected to this transition time. So, uh, but I think also that I think parents should be showing them that their closest ties aren't really changing. Uh, the, the, you know, cause I think that's, that's something that's really missed. I mean, you think of all these high school graduation songs as we go on, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. But the truth is that if we're Christians, our closest ties, closer ties than our school connections, for example, should be our church to be frank. It should, and that should be these kind of spiritual connections. And, and I think a parent is wise to, ins- to instill in their child that, these better things continue. Yeah, you're having this shakeup. You're having this time where you don't know what what your relationships, you know, with the people that you're, you sit next to in class aren't gonna are gonna look like. But you have this more permanent permanent thing. Even this thing that where if you move on, move, you will have another church, but you will be with these people in eternity. Mm-hmm. So now yeah, this, well yeah, it's good. Yeah, does parental discipleship end with a high school diploma? I mean, does a parent get to be like, I'm out and I don't have to worry about impacting their spiritual lives anymore? Yeah, but only if they actually get the diploma. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, parents are going to continue to disciple, but those roles change over time. And so it turns into more coaching and advising and cheering from the side. Um, and so, yeah, I think... Not everybody does that well either. I mean, sometimes parents have difficulty with those transitions just like the kid. And so they still see themselves almost like the the kids in second grade or something. And they're trying to, you know, uh, get up in, in things that it seems like that point the parent should not be involved in. Yeah. Um, and, well, we talked – no, no, I don't think we did a podcast episode one time, and we mentioned this. Um, and then I, I watched the something about it recently about the uh, the college admission scandal with uh, you know Aunt Becky. Yep. <laughs> and all of that, you know, I mean, they're like paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into college. Now, I mean, that was wrong on many levels. Um, uh, you know, past it being being illegal, but um, I mean, I've heard of situations like if you know a parent getting involved in with the kids grades at the college level i mean that seems that that i I can't say i you know definitively from god's word but um you know that those are lines that at some point you got to cut the umbilical cord yeah and so um anyway i so i want to 
throw rocks too hard, but yeah, um, yeah parents just need to prepare themselves, I think, not just prepare the child to pray for them, though I think that's very appropriate, but like maybe talk to others who have walked through that and, hey, what is this, what do you think this is going to look like? Um, how do I manage this well and wisely and still be involved, but at the same time realize like I'm, I'm further loosening the reins here and letting them go. And, um, you know, no, I think that when my kids leave the nest, it will be sad to, to an, I hear some people, it's like, oh yeah, great. I can't wait till I'm empty nesters. I mean, I think there's going to be an element where there is a whoo kind of, you know, catching your breath, but there's also like, I like my kids and, um, just realizing there is a sense of loss there and that they're, it's not going to be quite the way that it was. And so, yeah, I think it's good to prepare ourselves, but, um, I don't know. What do you think? But then you'll get a home gym. <laughs> Inside, not in the garage. That's right. I'll have to roast in the heat, <laughs> freeze in the cold. I don't know about the cold. You live in Georgia. <laughs> anyway, so. Well, you know, the garage isn't really insulated. It does get, you know, it's, it's unpleasant out there in the winter. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it ends as well. Uh, with high school diploma, but in part the reason why I say that is because we've are that they've already been transitioning into adults, and we should already be re- transitioning into relating to them as independent people. And even when they're independent people, we don't stop impacting them spiritually. I, I, I think two things do not necessarily stop in adulthood and scripture. One, parents are still to. And influence their kids that and, and within reason within limits spiritually and and two children are still to show honor and respect to their parents uh that w- again very different context though into adulthood but i will say that you know i, I do want to be mindful that uh, i do not even remotely support kind of the gothard type system you know there's kind of this mentality this uh gothard homeschool teaching mentality that has the sexism of, of kind of basically says that uh, that with girls at least that uh, we basically parents disciple them as if they're still kids until they get married uh, I, I don't think that's remotely biblical or healthy or wise but uh, especially when our culture does slow growing up uh, I, I do think that adult adults do need parenting you know because even if we do believe that they should be transitioning into adulthood earlier they often won't be and so they're going to need the blessing of biblical discipleship and parenting and so you know even an example to me is you know i don't know that you know if, if we lived i don't know that i would uh spiritually disciple my 15 year old if i and when i'm 15 year old if i have a 15 year old in the same way in 2023 as i would if i lived in 1823 and that's okay there's an uh, aspect of embracing the situation that we're in yeah, that's a really good point. Now, if the graduate leaves town, how can we make sure they're connected to a local church? Well, I think ahead of time, encouraging them to find a good church before committing to a place, whether they're moving for a job or for school. Uh, not just like, well, yeah, I mean, there's churches there, but like, do some exploration on that front. You may even help them find a church, give them suggestions, make some phone calls, uh, try to set something up. And you might know somebody. You know, there can be a lot of ways uh, to do that and to, you know, check in with them, have people 
who do that. I mean, I mentioned that our church has something where we do that with college students, and there's folks that will. This is, I guess, less making sure they're connected to a church. So they're, you know, they I think write letters to them and and try to follow up. But uh, in that, trying to get some sense of how they're doing. Hey, what church are you? connected with that kind of thing but uh, they're also blessing them tangibly with a care package of stuff that they like or that they might need uh, and so that can be just a good reminder because I mean I know when uh, I went for a year and a half to school here in town uh, where I lived and before I went to the college where you and I met and that was the first time in my life that and I, I love the Lord and wanted to serve him that was the first time in my life that I didn't really have a whole lot of accountability um, yeah. in terms of going, now I did have to sign something at the end of the year, which I did take that seriously. I mean, some people it's like, oh yeah, no big deal. Or like with the chapel, you know, the, it would slash and dash, you know, you had to scan a car saying mm-hmm. that you'd been at chapel. And I, my wife called somebody, I don't know about it. They wanted them, uh, they wanted her to take their card, just scan it. And then, so they'd get credit for being there. And she's like, well, yeah, but you weren't. And that, that would be lying. And they're like, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, okay. Um, but anyway, I mean, I remember it was a little bit of a struggle the first couple of weeks to get up because, you know, I was messing around and not even doing bad stuff, just up talking to people and stuff on Saturday night and um, then struggling to wake up, having the discipline and then realizing like, no, I need to to get up and, and not go to Bedside Baptist as uh, it was being called. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, anyway – it was just it was something I needed, um, and, and I think I had some conversations with other people about it. But um, it's a new, especially if they move off, it is a new phase of life where they have less accountability and oversight, and so the internal motivator to do it has got to be higher uh, for them to do it. But also knowing that people are going to check in with them. I mean, there, there's a helpful sense of peer pressure, I guess, in yeah. that regard. Like, yeah. So I don't know. What else would you add? That's good. Yeah, I, I would just add, uh, I think we need to just be with young people stressing the importance of local church at that age, yeah, even over campus ministry, because I've known even even legitimate Christian young people that, you know, that her answer to where they go to church is, well, I go to this campus ministry. And that's not an answer. That's not a church. It can't be a church. Uh, it, that, and it shouldn't be a church either. So, uh, but, but instead, I, I think making even that decision of where you go to college, like you said, linking it to local church involvement and where a solid church is. And there's some good resources to help your kid navigate these things. So I think of uh, ninemarks.org, I think, has, we t- I talk about nine marks a lot. I'm, you know, one might call me a nine Marxist. Uh, and they have a church search website. And there's some bad churches on there. It's not inerrant or inspired. The Gospel Coalition also has a great church search website. And, uh, and checking these kind of things, you know, to make sure because uh, not only is it good that they be in a church, but they should be plugged into a healthy church insofar as is possible. Uh, you know, and I think we should even help them consider if a church... Uh, that uh, if that church is good. I think parents, part of the discipleship, even in young adults, is helping them think through these things without kind of making everything a ride-or-die first-year issue. Uh, yeah, and so I, I think even that uh, we encourage 
a, that kind of shepherding of them while handing off membership and uh, and helping them to kind of develop into this. And so I, I actually suspect even a great emphasis for this is, you know, I'm blessed by the fact that I actually joined a church when I was a college student knowing I was going to move away. I'm not sure I would have joined the same church uh, if Heinz, you know, in hindsight, but uh, I did. And, and I think that's a good idea. I think it's even a good, it is a good thing to say, you know, to our young people that might even come back, like, hey, you get to, you can join that church and then you can come back and become a member again. Uh, but membership is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when a teen stays around, should we immediately make them a youth leader or nursery volunteer? And you've kind of answered this in part earlier. Uh, maybe, but not necessarily. Just by virtue of them being at that stage doesn't suddenly qualify them. But it can be an opportunity if if their age or their stage of life prevented them from doing that and they really do desire it and you feel like that that would be a good fit. But just because someone's in college, I don't automatically assume like, oh, yeah, you should work with our our teenagers or our kids. Um, Maybe someone who's really spiritually immature and you don't necessarily hold them up as a model um, or they have other things going on and say, well, here, let's let's get you involved in this. Um, Let's get you serving here. So – and sometimes, I mean, I've seen this. I, I've never heard anyone say this, but it's it seems like sometimes kind of easy to determine um, that really the reason somebody wants to help out with you know youth ministry is because well, I really like the fun activities they do, and so yeah. it's a way in to continue with that. Um, so you got to be careful about that. But yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, especially with that first question, I think it's easy. Easier, especially, uh, you know, I'm I'm more okay with. Uh, there are some churches that would discourage serving and most roles right away, and I like the idea of like an 18 year old being in the nursery or you know serving in other capacities. Probably not with youth group. Uh, it's just you know right out of high school. I think there's just a lot of, I'm not going to give a Bible verse, but I think there's a lot of wisdom principles. And even I I will say that earlier in my ministry, I wasn't as strongly feeling on that. Uh, And and I realized that I was wrong and not feeling as strongly on that. I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it would be a case by case kind of thing. Um, I've seen it and it was like these people, they're, uh, where they were put in particularly to work with middle schoolers and, there was spiritual maturity. There was a zeal to yeah. serve, to disciple others. They were, you know, evangelizing people outside of that context. And so it's like, yeah, that seems like a good fit. But it's yeah. just someone who basically wants to hang on. And then that's, and you can really tell. Um, so I, I don't think it's a one size fits all, but yeah. Yeah, I understand that. So, but, but I do think there definitely, a, there should be most areas I think opened to them that even weren't open before. And, uh, and, and I think we should encourage them to find the right fit for them. And actually a blessing in our, our church has been, uh, you know, we have a recent high school graduate, uh, I'll call him by name, I guess speaking possibly Spencer is his name. And, uh, you know, he's often away at college, but whenever he's in town, he just kind of took on himself that he saw one of the elders that always does the sound and, and the slides and the PowerPoint slides at our church. And, and he went, he wanted that elder to be able to sit with his wife and the service and so he just started he just kind of started doing it and he does a great job on it and it's a really cool blessing i think to a church so i think those kind of things are a great example yeah and i mean with children i guess with sometimes with a nursery if it's holding babies you can find girls or old women or whoever basically and i yes i know i'm making stereotypes but 
you go find get a group of 100 women and ask who wants to hold babies you're going to get a really high participation rate um i mean am i right it's just it, it's just how it goes <laughs> um not every single woman but it's just it's it's easy to find people who want to help with babies um if it's like hey we want you to help with the three-year-olds or we want you to help with you know kindergartners first graders it does require more of of many people, and it's less immediately rewarding than oh, we're going to go play laser tag, you know, on Saturday night um, <laughs> with the youth group. Um, and so, when you have people wanting to do that, often it can be a sign that they're, you know, they're willing to give of themselves. But praise God for that. So now, how can Next Generation Ministries? celebrate other transition stages i know we we did kind of uh that joke about how, how many of them there are now but uh, how can we still celebrate some of those other transition stages i don't know that i have anything great here i mean maybe when they're moving from kids ministry elementary school into uh student ministry kind of out of childhood you know puberty is not or adolescence is not really like a biblical category but how much it's hard to determine like how much of this is uh biblical like mandate and how much of this was cultural and just the the culture in which god's revelation was moving forward um i mean that could be a possible thing i've read of churches doing something like that and or um encouraging families to to commemorate like a certain birthday when the kids are turning 12 to 13 or something like that again it's a slightly arbitrary kind of thing um but encouraging that encouraging them to have a a party where they get other people from the church that who have been other adults you know been a part of their life and um that kind of thing um I think to just emphasizing to them that with these transitions and we're transitioning up to more freedoms and privileges, but also with it comes more responsibilities. It's not just, oh, you get to do more fun stuff, but hey, there's ways that you can serve that you didn't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more capabilities now. You're bigger, you're stronger, this kind of thing. But I don't know. I don't think I have anything real insightful on that. I mean, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I think it's this is a little trickier in ways, but I do think we can do some things to celebrate other transitions. And so you mentioned the transition into youth group. And, uh, you know, when I ran a youth ministry, we had a special youth group when new sixth graders came up, kind of. And one of the purposes of that was actually so that we could get them immersed into the youth ministry rather than kind of been being the outsiders and the, you know, uh, that uh, kind of the look down upon new sixth graders. Uh, and so that can be, I think, a helpful thing and, and to pray for these transitions. Uh, perhaps one thing I think can be cool is, and, and I've done at one church is, uh, especially if your children's ministry, children's program during the sermon ends at a certain age like king cadets does at our church and did at a previous church i think perhaps giving a bible or something like that like a real bible not kids bible when they graduate that as kind of a celebration and an entrance into the worship service for all ages could be a cool thing i think there's a variety of ways you could do that and be creative but uh you know just uh I, I, just so long as probably we're not heading towards ever, that we have a graduation ceremony for you finish the first week of the third month of second grade. Yeah, I heard, you know, people will talk about how old is your kid? Oh, they're 10 months. And someone's like, oh, yeah, he's like 137 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, now, are there any good resources you recommend? 
for the recent graduate or parent of one? I'm sure there are some good ones out there. The only one that came to mind that I, I have personally read and I've given it away to multiple people is Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Uh, you know, do you want to show Jesus your seashells uh, at the end of your life? Uh, just making your life count. Um, though I'm sure there's there's other stuff uh, since that has emerged. But yeah, I mean, what, what kind of – that was more your world for a while. So what kind of yeah. things – do you well i'm still more or less in charge that i tend to be the one that buys the books for our graduates because we like to give out grad books for graduate at our church too so oh yeah uh so you know i think that's great don't waste your life is fantastic that's a wonderful book i think it'll be timeless in a lot of ways even though there's some parts i disagree with uh but a gospel primer for christians by Mil milton vincent that's fantastic for really all Christians, but it's a good one to meditate on as you graduate high school. It's got an odd title in a way, but I think it's a really, really good resource. Um, that And then sur a newer one is Surviving Religion 101 by Michael Kruger. And I've kind of started, I give this the way to like every graduate. I think it's a really helpful thing to navigate. Yeah, even if they don't go to college, to navigate some of the questions I think young people are going to face. And then the last one I'll actually mention might seem odd, because I don't think it's done often in churches, uh, that is, What is a Healthy Church by Mark Dever? And the reason why I think that's a really great resource for recent graduates is because often they're going to have to start thinking for themselves on where they go to church. And, and I... I honestly think there's ways in which the decision on where you go to church might be even a more important decision in their life than where they certainly is more so than where they go to college and and in ways that might even be more important than which Christian they marry. Mm. So, anyway. Yeah, I think something along those lines that makes me think of a book. I, I've got a box of them uh, behind me. So, uh, yeah, I hand them out. But uh, I came from Nine Marks. It was Colin Marshall, not Colin Marshall, uh, What's the guy's name that looks like a – he looks younger than he is? Um, Colin Hansen and um, and uh, Jonathan Lehman. Rediscovering uh, Church. Rediscovering Church. Yeah, it's a very accessible thing, just helping. And it is a book for the times in the sense that it came out kind of in response to COVID and people like, oh, I just, you know, I just watch on the internet. Uh, kind of And kind of like, oh, I just go to the college Bible study, you know, just sort of misunderstanding what the church is. So it's a good, I think, very – uh, accessible way to think about what is the church, what does it do, and all of that. So uh, it's a little bit longer than what is a healthy church. So, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Health, they're both, that, that they're both fairly for, short. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that I think this has been, I hope this has been a good discussion. And uh, they, I don't think either of us have any graduations planned soon for us. And uh, we've got a little while until we're planning that for our kids. But I hope. For those who have kids in their lives that are graduation, graduating, or more of us that go to church with young people that are graduating, that we can think on these important things and be blessed by this. Yeah, amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.